Hey guys, so I wanted to come on here to give you my review on AEW Collision's debut ton tonight. Right now it's 11.23pm. And I know people already did review it because here on the West Coast we get it kind of on a delay. Basically we get it at 8 o'clock you know, Pacific Time just like you guys get it at 8 o'clock Eastern Time live. Because I drink some Polar Seltzer Lime flavor. Um... But yeah, you know, I, I I will say that overall, I thought the um, I, I thought the debut episode was good, and now the only question, obviously, that everybody's gonna have is can AEW keep this up? We know that um, next week they're gonna be at the Scottsbank Center in Toronto on the eve of Forbidden Door. So they should have a decent crowd there, just like they're going to have the following night for Forbidden Door. So hopefully we'll have just as much of an energetic crowd as we had tonight in Chicago. But I've got a feeling the reaction that Punk got tonight in Chicago is going to be the complete opposite, you know, in Toronto. And I think everybody listening and watching this and those that have done reviews already, you know, commentary on it, uh, know that. They know that for a fact. Um, uh, now, first of all, we have to talk about Punk. Punk, um, you know, of course, made his return after nine months. And as expected, as I pretty much said in my in one of my videos, I talk, well, I talked about this. Uh, Punk um, basically came out, opened the show, and he did what Punk typically does. You know, when he's got a live mic, and is able to just, you know, say what's on his mind. He went out and did that. <laughs> and boy, I'll tell you, you know, if if you're kind of like in between whether or not this is a work now or it's not, what he said tonight kind of puts you like even more in a kind of, you know, confusing, speculative kind of uh, mindset because tonight he shot all right he shot and everything and basically he called basically put it put it this way he basically called the bucks counterfeit he said that david zaslav the guy that won one of us discovery calls him one bill phil you know which i guess is a shot at you know the one buck or the one shot or the what is it the hangman pages you know um one Buck Lariat or whatever it's called. The, you know, the, uh, what, what, what is the movie's called? The Buck, Buckshot, the Buckshot Lariat. So, obviously, one field bill that David calls him, apparently, according to uh, CM, CM Punk, is a shot at Adam Page. And then he said that, you know, there are those that expect him to, you know, give an apology for what's happened. And he did, but not the way they were hoping, because he said to those of the, because ba basically he said to those of you who believe I owe an apology, here it is. I'm sorry that you're as soft as the wrestlers you support. Yeah, he said that. He basically said that you fans that think I owe an apology to the elite um, are just as soft as they and those that support them. In other words... What he's saying, um, shooting there, if you will, is saying, hey, 
you know, if you are legit fans, if you're strong wrestling fans, if you will, you will understand that in wrestling, we shouldn't apologize for whatever we say or do because that's who we are. Um, he mentioned at the beginning of the promo that as long as he's around, this is going to be a place for pro, this is going to be uh, looked at as a pro wrestling business run by grown-ups. And that's another shot, I guess, to the Bucks and the crew. Um, and then he was, he was holding up this, um, this, uh, bag he carried, what he did when he came down is he had the boots over his shoulders, two wrestling boots over his shoulders, and he was holding a red bag, and in the red bag, assumedly, is a replica or his version of the AEW championship, and basically stating that no one has, uh, beaten him for the championship, and until they do, he's basically still rightfully king now he didn't say much in that manner but basically he's alluding to the fact that hey whoever the champion is which is mjf right now until you beat him you know clean in the ring for what he has in that bag you're not the real champion i am and i know some people might i don't know if they've talked about it yet or pointed out i know some people might kind of be a little like iffy critical about potentially them doing a unification deal between punk and, and mjf or whoever the champion is on the other side of the coin, but we'll see. Because I know that if there's one thing they worry about is, you know, Tony Khan and his crew saying, hey, let's make Punk the AEW champion of Collision, and MJF could be the uh, champion of, you know, Dynamite. But we'll have to see. But I know that's probably one thing they do worry about. But yeah, Punk, you know, he he didn't hold back in the in the promo. He said the king is back. He basically said that those that say stuff behind his back and everything or, or, you know, are against him and, you know, just, you know, just hate him and all that are just, they're basically worried about him. They're worried about who he is, you know, what he brings to the table, stuff like that. Basically, basically acknowledging those that like the Bucks and Omega and Paige, you know, that they worry they're going to get, now again, he didn't say it in this manner, but you can kind of interpret it like this from this pipe bomb, if you will, this shoot. That, you know, he it's being interpreted as him saying that the elite are afraid they're going to get overshadowed with him being there and all that. So that's basically how, how I took it. You know, that's basically how I took it. Um, but overall, yeah, he, he cut a massive shoot, work shoot promo, if you will, depending on how you view it. And that was it. He he talked about the boots he was wearing and saying until someone is out there that's mad enough to feel these boots that he's holding, you know that he's worn, you know he's gonna stay he's gonna be around he's gonna stick around for a long time. So, so yeah, you know overall he did a I'll put it this way he did a decent job with the being you know, being himself and you know with this work shoot shoot pipe bomb promo however you look at it uh, upon his return. Now. After that, of course, we got into the matches. Now, our announce team, I want to talk about this. I like the fact that they are, that Tony Khan and his team, those that are helping them out creatively, I like that Tony Khan and his team are, you know, or at least Tony Khan at the behest of his team, are giving us variety with this commentary team. You know, you know, I like that. I like that we're getting variety. So we're getting two different commentary teams. Just like WWE does with SmackDown or Raw. We're getting it here. Um, 
with Collision and Dynamite, so I like that. So our, our commentary team was Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGuinness. Kevin Kelly, who uh, this is the first time outside of New Japan and everything that he's been on, and I think even Ring of Honor. You know, it's the first time in a while since you know his day since his days in WWE WWF that on a major major platform he's you know been a uh, weekly regular play by play announcer. I mean, yeah, he does work for New Japan. Don't get me wrong. You know, and everything as well as some other independent international promotions, but from a major scale. This is the first time in a long time that he's been the play-by-play announcer for, or been on commentary period for a major promotion on a major worldwide scale and network. And of course he had Nigel McGuinness with him, who is no stranger to doing commentary. He's doing commentary um, on occasions for Ring of Honor, probably not anymore since that's just going to be Ian Riccoboni and, uh, Col- and uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Ian Riccoboni and uh, Caprice, Caprice Coleman. So, uh, so I guess uh, again, again, just a, a good, a decent decision. I guess it is trying to balance things out, um, if you will. Um, overall, I, I like I said that the show was good, a decent debut view, and they have to hopefully keep the momentum up. Uh, the first match that we got uh, was for the TNT Championship. Uh, it was a good big man match, um, you know, big, you know, that, you know, got, got plenty of time and everything. Um, but in the end, uh, pretty much what a lot of people felt was going to happen based on what happened to double or nothing and everything and the way they built it up from what happened on dynamite, uh, this backstage this past Wednesday, we all knew where this was heading and it did head that way with Luchasaurus thanks to interference behind the referee's back. Uh, by Christian by hitting with Christian hitting Waldro over the head with a headset. Uh, Luchasaurus is the new TNT champion, but the way they did it, and even the even uh, Kevin Kelly acknowledged it this way. Uh, the way they did it is that you know even though Luchasaurus won it, Christian's holding the championship up like he 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 won the title. In other words, playing back to what Christian did back in two thousand one, uh, when Edge won King of the Ring, but Christian was always. Hog, you know, always carrying around the trophy like he was the one that did it. So, they, so they might, so something may come out of that. You know, maybe Luchasaurus will turn babyface and realize, wait a minute, you're taking all the credit for all the work I'm doing and acting like you won the title, but I'm the one that t- won the title. So, who knows? We might get a babyface run for Luchasaurus out of that, but right now it does feel like we're going to head into a rematch between the two. More, more than likely, either at Forbidden Door. Or at all in, and if it's not Waldro that they uh, go have go after the title, I've got a feeling it's going to be Miro. Uh, either way, Luchasaurus isn't going to be holding that title for much longer, and I think because of a miscommunication and maybe Luchasaurus being told by people or hinted at others, even maybe bringing Jungle Boy Jack Perry. If you all right, sorry about that. Uh, but like I said, um, um, what was I? I just got distracted. Oh yeah, but you know, like I said, either Waldro or it's Miro. Uh, in between now and All In, uh, Luchasaurus isn't going to be holding that belt for much longer. He either he's either going to lose it at um, All In in Wembley, or he's going to lose it at Fighter Fest or Fight for the Fallen. One of the two. 
Um, and I think it's going to be due to a miscommunication by Christian and him. And um, I, I think, honestly, what's going to happen, as I was trying to say before, you know, that happened there. Um, uh, basically, I think what's going, going to occur throughout Luchasaurus's run is a lot of people, and as I was mentioning, possibly even Jack Perry, Jungle Boy, is, you know, going to come in and... You know, it's going to come in and talk to Luchasaurus and say, hey, look, you know, Christian's acting like he won the title, but you did. So he's trying to act like he's champion and you're not. He's trying to take credit. So, you know, you need to keep an eye on eye on that and everything. And I think that might lead to something. I think that might lead to something. Again, I think in the end, we're going to get Luchasaurus and Christian in a program against each other because that definitely feels like the direction they're going to start heading into uh, in this, I'm assuming, going to be short reign uh by by luchasaurus as tnt champion we'll have to see but yeah it was a good big man match and can't can't say any more than that uh we had um we had andrade el idolo and buddy matthews uh the significant others of charlotte flair and rhea ripley face each other uh and what was a great matchup no doubt good storytelling with the injuries like the injuries to andrade's Oh, the re-aggravating of the injury to Andrade's pec, you know, the injury to um, Buddy's leg. I mean, uh, during the match, they even stopped. They even stopped the match mid. They even stopped uh, the, uh, the. They even stopped the match mid-match to check on them and everything to really play up the story angle of oh, there might be some legit injuries based on injuries they've had in the past. Uh, but they continued. They continued the match. It was a good match, and. Uh, what was interesting about it is you had Buddy Matthews during one portion of the match using Rhea Ripley's Texas Cloverleaf submission on Andrade, and then Andrade, to win the match, slaps on the figure four, but then bridges up into the figure eight, and they even call it the figure eight. So, so yeah, Andrade ends up winning a decent match, but then as he's trying to show respect to Buddy Matthews help him up, and it looks like Buddy's going to return that respect. The lights go out, and all of a sudden the lights come back on, and there's the rest of the House of Black, and they attack Andrade. Brody King hits him with a clothesline and everything, and that's how that that's how the match and that post-match segment uh, comes to an end. Um, and you can kind of tell something was going to happen because you saw Julia, Julia Hart on the outside just waving her head going, no... And all of a sudden the lights go out and then they come back on and there's the rest of the House of Black. So it definitely looks like what we're going to get is, you know, House of Black against LFI, you know, Andrade's group, which would be Andrade, Rouge, and Dralistico, Dralistico, I think, going up against um, going up against the House of Black for the trio's title. Now you might say, well, where does that put Princeton Vance? And that's a good question. Um, I'm a, I'm going to assume Princeton Vance is going to be either maybe the wild card in this equation to where Andrade, if he does recruit LFI to help against the House of Black, he's going to look at Princeton and be like, I don't trust this guy. I saw what he did to the Dark Order. I saw what he did to Negative One. You know, I don't trust him. So I've got a feeling he's going to be like one of those wild cards, kind of like, kind of like the whole... What, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like, I wouldn't say like the MJF at times of the inner, so, you know, like when, you know, MJF was associ associating himself with Cody 
and then of course with the inner circle and stuff like that I, i'm i'm not saying he's going to be like that but he's going to be in that role of you know, there's just something about him that even the guy that's the leader of the group, Andrade, is not going to trust. And he's going to keep an eye out for him. And I've got a feeling Princeton Vance may end up going. This is just me. It's my opinion. I've got a feeling Princeton Vance is going to go from, you know, uh, LFI to um, to the House of Black. That's just That's just my opinion. And everything, but yeah, I think what's going to happen is Andrade is going to recruit Roosh and Darlisco to be his partners against the House of Black for the trios title. So we're going to have a trios program um, on the horizon with these, uh, with these, um, with LFI and the House of Black. Uh, the next match we had was the women's match. I thought it was good. Um, I, I definitely like the idea that um, it seems that what's going on here is that Ruby and Tony are getting a little cocky, a little unfocused without Soraya there. Like, yeah, Soraya will get cocky and, and everything, you know, as part of the outcast, but I, but she has more focus. Like, Soraya, you know, has more focus on what needs to be done and the job they need to accomplish. And I think without her, both, you know, uh, Ruby and Tony lose their focus. And that's kind of what happened here because they went up against Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale. Willow Nightingale, of course, is the uh, New Japan strong uh, women's champion and yes just in case anybody's curious they did mention Mercedes Monet on television and how that was an upset so it seems that they are playing more into the idea that Mercedes is AEW bound but we can't say just yet because that's up to Mercedes aka Sasha uh, to decide whether she wants to be all elite or she wants to stay with New Japan or she just wants to do her own thing and travel wherever she wants. We'll have to see. Uh, but yeah, the match was decent. And again, um, what happened is the cockiness of the outcast got the best of them. And basically, Ruby got accidentally sprayed in the eyes by the can by, by Tony, who was going to spray it down the mouth of Sky Blue. And this was enough of a distraction for Willow to take out Tony. And for uh, Sky Blue to hit the Code Blue, Code Red Sunset, uh, the Sunset Flip Power Bomb, uh, into a pin, into you know into a pin, and you know beat Ruby Soho to win the match, which makes sense because Sky Blue, like CM Punk, is from Chicago, so you want to at least let the hometown hero win and kind of continue the momentum that they have. But yeah, basically to me, when I look at this. I look at the fact that they're trying to, with the, with the outcast, kind of play into the story that without the leader, without the person that brought them together, you know, as a group, without her being there, they kind of lose focus, and that hurts them in the long run. So hopefully if Soraya comes back, she'll kind of take the reins and not totally, you know, get on them and call them out for their, you know, for the uh, failures and everything while she was gone. And, every, and all that, but all, but mainly to say, hey, even when I'm gone, guys, you cannot lose focus. You have to stay focused. Don't, don't think you have it all well in hand. So, so yeah, but so yeah, like I said, basically because they got a little too cocky, got it got the best of them, and they ended up losing the match to Willow, and um, and Sky Blue. Now there was a moment from from what I saw and everybody else saw where Willow pounced uh, Ruby into the barricade and it looked like Ruby may have 
you know, suffered a concussion, or just the way she hit it with her head, looks like she suffered a concussion, but we'll see. And if that happens, and Soraya's out on leave, I'm assuming personal leave right now, um, you know, with, you know, with uh, her out as well, and if you lose Ruby, then, uh, yeah, the whole outcast thing goes out the window, period. Because then what are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do from there? Obviously, if I'm Tony Khan, I reach into Ring of Honor, I say, bring Athena in, and let's have her be the, the fourth member to help continue continue the momentum of this group so that doesn't, you know, fade away in case, you know, they lose Ruby. Uh, but yeah, this is a good match. And uh, like I said, the continuing momentum for Sky Blue. And it looks like Sky Blue, I think, is going to be uh, con- uh, challenging for a championship again real soon. I would assume it's going to be either for the world title again or it's going to be for the TBS title. We'll have to see. Uh, we did have Miro in action against Tony Nese. Tony Nese, um, t- along with uh, uh, Mark Sterling and everything. Not the Mark Sterling, apparently, that I met at CSW, but still. Uh, trying to interrupt and everything. Tried to take the show hostage, turn it into a fitness program. But then Miro came out. Miro, the former Rusev, came out to a big pop. And he basically had a... <coughs> basically... Apparently he had an open contract for someone to face him. And that was that someone that signed the contract was Tony Nese. And Tony Nese paid the price and he ended up losing to uh, Rusev. Uh, Miro, I should say, he ended up losing to Miro. Uh, basically, I wouldn't say in a glorified squash match, but I would say a competitive, semi-competitive squash match, but mostly a squash match. Then we had uh, the six-man tag uh, the trios match between Samoa Joe, Jay White, and Juice Robinson against CM Punk and FTR, or as they're collectively known, CMFTR, who got a CMFTR chant going. And this was a good match, a really good main event. It got plenty of time. All guys shined. Uh, the moment Punk and Joe got in there, the crowd popped because obviously they know the history between these two, dating back to Ring of Honor and stuff. So, yeah, just a great, great match uh, back and forth. And in the end, uh, basically, Juice Robinson, obviously the reason he was part of this, you know, you could have put Joe and Jay White against, you know, you could, well, not put, but you could have had Joe and Jay White team up with somebody on um, main event caliber outside of Juice Robinson and everything uh, for this main event, but they went with Juice because Juice was going to be the one that took the pinfall. I mean, Joe wasn't going to take it because they got to keep him strong. Jay wasn't going to take it because he's collectively looked at as, the leader of Bullet Club Gold, so he wasn't going to take it. So it was Juice Robinson. And, uh, yeah, that's what happened. That's what happened in the end. They basically, um, you know, they hit Juice. Um, I think, I think it may have, I, think, I don't know if it was Juice at first. No, no, I think it was Jay White. Yeah, it was Jay White, I believe, that got hit with the Power and Glory finisher, the one, the, the finisher that Paul Roma and Hercules Hernandez did. Back when they were uh, a tag team power and glory in WWE, WWF. Even Nitro McGinnis called that out. And then Punk hit the macho elbow on Jay White. Didn't get the pin. But then later on, towards the end of the match, um, Juice tags himself in. in um, but, you know, tags Joe's back. You know, when Joe... Because basically Joe looked like he had the match run. He put, you know, Punk into Kikita Clutch. And it looked like he had one until, you know, I think it was uh, Cash Wheeler or Dax Harwood. No, Dax Harwood came in and um, broke it up. And basically, 
This caused uh, Joe to, I think he got kicked in the head by Punk, and it caused Joe to wobble back to uh, uh, to his corner with Juice tagged in, and that was and as soon as Juice tagged in, you knew that's it, it's over, and because he got kicked, he got caught in a, with a kick of his own, or something, and he got lifted into the big rig, the shattered machine as they call it, and then uh, Punk hit him with the GTS and got the pinfall one. Two, three. Um, so over. So yeah. In the end, CM Punk and FTR win. CM FTR win. Uh, a decent, you know, main event to close out the debut of Collision. Um, so overall, like I said, I thought this was a good, a good debut. I thought it was. Uh, I'll put it this way: I thought it was an outstanding debut for the show, and everything. But like I mentioned earlier, and I know I'm repeating myself, and others have probably done the same thing in their reviews. Um, you know, they got to keep this momentum up. They got to keep this momentum up going into, um, to next week, which I think they'll be able to do that with, uh, the Scott, the Scott's Banks, the Scott's Bank Center being sold out, or at least close to it, because of Forbidden Door being the next, being the following night. But then they got to continue it later on going into Hamilton and then Calgary into, well, whatever that place is, but John, oh, Revagina or Revagina or something. I don't know. I don't know what the name is. It is in Canada, one of those other towns in Canada. You know, they got to keep this momentum up outside of Chicago and next week. Because even if they're taped, and some of these shows will be taped, in, you know, coming up in the next few weeks, they start losing that momentum, especially as we're heading into summer now. That's not going to look good. It's not going to look good because, you know, it's going to. To me, it's going to be a repeat of history. And what I mean by a repeat of history is just when it looks like some of the shows, the uh, the new the new shows, the, the smackdowns, if you will, of a promotion seem to be taking off, seem to be the new be-all, end-all. Um, over time, they start losing that momentum. You know, Rampage seemed to be like that new shiny toy and everything that was going to continue the momentum AEW had and now all of a sudden it's dropped off to the point that it's just a it's just AEW's version of superstars or AEW's version of of NXT or or uh, main event but on a national level that that's what it's dropped off to in the eyes of a lot of folks well you know and um, you know well you know well collision here looks like to be on off to a hard start and they just need to make sure it remains that way because if it starts to drop off, even with Punk as the centerpiece, that's not good. You know, that's not good uh, whatsoever. So if I'm Tony Khan and I'm his team that I'm assembling for both Collision and Dynamite, I've got to make sure that I keep this momentum going every Saturday, live or taped, to where I could keep people tuning in or at least setting their DVRs to watch later, you know, when the show comes on, on, so that way I continue to have that, um, that momentum, so, again, overall, I thought it was good, and I thought some storylines definitely developed here, you know, as, you know, you're planting the seeds for Punk and Joe, uh, 2023, if you will, you know, you're, pl- you're continuing to build this, you're continuing to build the rivalry and feud for FTR and Bullet Club Gold. Uh, you've set the table for a trios program with 
you know, the House of Black, but, you know, more than likely LF, LFI, you know, Andrade's group. Um, you've, you've set up, obviously, a rematch for the TNT title, possibly between uh, now and All In, whether it's going to be Fight or Fest, Fight for the Fallen, or All In itself. As well as, you know, believe it or not, if you notice, if you notice it, believe it or not, you kind of start planting the seeds of that breakup between Luchasaurus and Christian, with Luchasaurus pretty much doing what he did in 2001, you know, when Edge won that King of the Ring, and, you know, Christian was hogging the trophy around like he did it, and celebrating it, celebrating with it, and holding it up high like he won it, which he didn't, you're kind of doing the same thing here, and just that little bit of, you know, visual evidence of Christian holding the belt like, yeah, I'm the champ, I'm the champ, and everything, you know, and holding it up high like he's the one that won it, and then you have the commentators like Kevin Kelly acknowledging the way Christian is acting. Uh, that, to me, again, uh, opens the door, or at least starts to slightly open the door to that future program between Luchasaurus and Christian. So, overall, they did a decent job here. Uh, you you bring Miro back, you build him up to be a killer again, and I like that, especially if it's not Waldro, it's Miro that goes after the TNT title. So I like that. Um, overall, overall decent, like I said, decent debut. And again, got to keep that momentum up, guys. You got to keep that momentum up going into Toronto, which I think they'll still be able to do with that. But then afterwards, it's going to be a different story, taped or live. It's going to be a different story. And also, like I said, we got to look at the, the difference in reaction Punk's going to get. You know, the ticket sales obviously are not looking good in Canada or in the Northeast as they were in Chicago. So obviously that's very telling. And the way Punk's promo, his pipe bomb, work shoot, shoot promo that we got uh, tonight, uh, depending on how you view it, definitely is going to rub a lot of fans the wrong way, especially the elite fans. And that's and that's the truth. Um, now the question obviously is, you know, with his pipe bomb, you know, and him calling the Bucks, counterfeit Bucks, and then them responding on, on the social media you know, by acknowledging that, saying, you know, hey, in 2018, if we were counterfeit, we wouldn't have had our first shirt and Pete at Pro Wrestling Tees or something like that. Um, you know, you know, with, you know, with what, you know, with all that happening, you know, the question is, does it seem like it's now more evident than ever that it is a work and that maybe something was, you know, mutually agreed upon between all parties behind the scenes and we're just now sitting, we're just now seeing the the evidence of that come come to fruition? Maybe. Maybe we'll have to see. Uh, but if but if it is true, and again a lot of people are saying just you know, just by what Punk said and then by the Bucks responding and everything, you know, it definitely feels like, you know, this is now a work. It is a work shoot program that's going to culminate down the line, whether it's all in, all out, or full gear, with a match between the three, uh, you know, with a match between the three, uh, whether it's just a regular trios match, or anything goes, or blood and guts, we'll have to see, but it definitely, definitely, in the eyes of a lot of folks, feels like that's going to happen, but then again, we don't know, you know, we don't know, I mean, you know, maybe Punk's able to say that, maybe, here's what I'm thinking, if it's if we don't get the match because of reasons, legal reasons, then maybe the only I guess you could say catch, the only thing they can 
be able to do is just go back and forth with each other in ways to where we know who they're acknowledging. It's just that we're not going to get any like physicality in the ring uh, legally because of it, because we may not know, you know, maybe Tony Khan and the, maybe the lawyers on both sides may not know exactly how that physicality will turn out to be in the ring, you know, outside of like, Hey, you know, do this to me, do that to me and kind of like talk things over to where it could get legitimately like shoot. Like it could turn into it basically, basically if we don't get the match, like a lot of people feel we are going to get it based on what's happened tonight, you know, or last night, depending on when you watch this, you know, the thing is, you know, if we don't get the match, match, despite all this evidence pointing to the fact that it seems to be a work and it's going to give us that matchup, you know, the question obviously is why? Why would you hold back on it if you're letting both parties now get a little bit more free, have a little bit more free range in taking shots at each other or, you know, responding to those shots taken to them? You know, you know what's the point of letting that happen if we're not going to get a match? And to me, the only thing I can think of of them not wanting a match to happen is because, again, you know, what Punk said in that interview with about Adam Page. Maybe they're worried that's going to happen. Maybe they're worried that a regularly planned trios match of, which is, you know, the regular trios or anything goes trio or blood and guts, whatever, will turn into, at some point, an all-out shoot. You know, an all-out real, like, fisticuffs kind of deal because of a lot of emotions riding, riding high in it. So we'll see. We'll see if we, we get it and, you know, nothing comes of it that's more shoot style during the match, then, hey, that's great. That's great. But if we don't get it and maybe that's the reason why, then we're just going to have to take with, what we're, take with what we're given right now until things are truly settled down and cooled off on, on all party side. That's, that's all I can say. But, uh, guys, give me your thoughts overall. What did you think of the debut episode of Collision? How do you feel about it? Uh, do you think we are now seeing... Seeing the evidence of this now being a work between the elite and you know CMFTR, uh, what are your thoughts? Give me your thoughts there. Uh, also, what do you think of some of the stories and rivalries that are now being built out of the Collision debut? If well, it's the little bits here and there that I mentioned. Comment below. Let me know what your thoughts are. Live chat during the premiere. Super chats will be open during the premiere in the live chat. I will put that in the description uh, if you want to donate that way. But guys, give me your thoughts, and do you think the momentum will be kept with Collision? You know, I know it's going to be kept going into next week, but uh, what are your thoughts about afterwards, you know, after Toronto and all that? What do you think is going to be, you know, the momentum, you know, for uh, Collision? Do you think it'll be kept up, or do you think it'll start to fade over time? Also, also, I will advise this. Keep an eye, you got to keep, here's what I, here's my suggestion, I know everybody's going to look at this. Watch Dynamite this Wednesday. Watch Dynamite because they're still in Chicago and they're going to be at the Wind Trust Arena, the now arena, if you will. And just imagine, just imagine that reaction the elite's going to get. Because if you ever thought, if you ever thought a crowd was going to basically be cheering and turning, even for one night, turning the BCC, you know, uh, babyface, this Wednesday at the Wind Trust Arena, it's going to be that night. And if you think, Tony Will Ospreay babyface against someone like Kenny Omega, you know, even for one night was going, you know, if, you know, well, okay, let me go, okay, like I said, uh, if you thought, if you thought, you know, if, what was I trying to say? I lost my train of thought there. Uh, oh, yeah. Again, like I said, if you 
ever wonder if we're going to get a crowd to cheer for the BCC as baby faces, you know, against the elite? Then this Wednesday in Chicago at the Wintrust Arena, you're going to get that? Because if you heard the fans and what they said about the elite tonight during Punk's promo, yeah. Oh, it's a pipe bomb? Yeah. I don't, I don't think the elite's going to get any baby face reaction, period. So this Wednesday is going to be the only night, in my opinion, so far for the time being, that the BCC is going to be full-fledged baby faces by crowd standards, and so will the likes of Will Ospreay. Because though, because Will Ospreay is looked at, looked at as a heel, you know, the BCC are heels, but we're, they're going to still be in Chicago, and all I could say is elite you know, uh, they better get ready to play into the heel portion, of, uh, into the heel factor that the crowd's going to put them in. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, but guys, again, give me your thoughts overall and everything. Let me know how you feel about this. What did you think of Dynamite and everything and things that are, came out of it and being built from it? And until next time, guys, I will talk to you all later. And you will get an audio podcast of this too.